0: Men working on it right now. It was a most ripping victory.
1: Welcome to the Parkway Podcast. <laughs> uh, this is our special St. Patrick's Day episode. I'm guessing not everyone recognizes that intro, so we are going to discuss it in a second. I'm one of your hosts, Matt.
0: And, and I'm Byron from the Funby Podcast. Uh, from the Parkway Theater. Looking forward to reviewing leprechaun today.
1: Leprechaun, coincidentally, a movie that I saw not last year, but the last, uh, was it last year? Did you play Leprechaun last year at the theater was it, I mean, COVID had already kind of kicked off, but was it two no, years yeah, ago? Yeah, it was two years ago. Two years we ago. We had
2: like all the Leprechauns.
1: Okay. Yeah. Cause I was in the theater. I was getting me some Jennifer Aniston action and isn't Leprechaun, isn't that, uh, isn't that, um, what's his face from Willow and all the other things, Star Wars? Um, yeah. Yes. Warwick. Yes. Davis. Warwick, David. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, I, I really, I, I remember taking a picture of of Leprechaun and Jennifer Aniston, putting it on my Instagram from the theater. Um, which you know, maybe that's copyright infringement, pirating. I, I don't know, but it was. Uh, I, I did enjoy that experience quite a bit. Yeah. Sh- yeah. Don't tell anyone. We'll tell the FBI for sure. Uh, but yeah, this is not. This is not going to be a leprechaun review although god dang it we maybe should have thought of that this is one we actually should have done we actually planned on doing last year which is the boondock saints from 1999 and then all hell broke loose uh holy holy heaven broke open and they delivered a a nice vaccine to us and we just couldn't do anything so we postponed it for exactly 12 12 months do you guys know that today as we're recording is the day that sort of everything shut down last year
0: yes oh. i had heard that stat rolled around that that was when uh what was it the who uh not the band uh either of them decided to call this <laughs> the world War. health
1: organization <laughs> you're right yeah so yeah today
2: is happy um happy tom hanks gets COVID day that's
1: right tom hanks mba pulled two teams off the court because of a positive test and uh and uh, uh president trump banned travel from europe or incoming travel from europe and uh all of these things happened today, so you know here we are a year later, talking about Boondock Saints finally, which I understand. Ward is uh, we're gonna go right into our. Well, I mean maybe we should talk about our drinks, but do do, do you two both have your Jameson in hand? I assume so.
0: Yes, thank you for mind reading. Uh, I was gonna surprise, but yes, I'm drinking Jameson. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm uh, I'm actually just drinking some some red wine, which I think fits. Uh, I'm, I'm on this. Red wine kick because I, <coughs> I read a uh, or I, I listened to a podcast about anti aging uh-huh. and and they recommended you know intermittent fasting and exercise four times a week and various supplements and, and red wine so I went right out to the liquor store and got a bunch of red wine oh but, uh, genius. For, Forgot all the other stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, Brilliant. haven't quite
1: hit the four times a week of working out yet, but still working No, right no, no, no. No, but the red <laughs> wine, I can
2: feel myself anti-aging right now as
1: we drink. Uh, we're going to talk about aging later. I can tell you that much from some of these actors. Oh.
0: Aging poorly? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this film, yeah. Uh,
1: um, uh, yeah, so I, I am not drinking any uh, Jameis, neither. Watch
2: out on that. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but that... Uh, he was going, uh, Sean Patrick Flannery was going to be a guest at the Parkway. Um, uh, so we gotta be careful before we, I that's, don't know if that's where you were going. That's the,
1: awesome. Uh, wow. He was going to be a guest for last year's showing.
2: We, we had talked to Troy Duffy and Sean Patrick Flannery's people. Oh my and gosh. They were both willing to come, but we couldn't afford both of them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, ultimately both of them, it, it fell apart, but for a hot minute there, we were going to have him as a that's... guest and, and maybe we will in the oh future.
1: i mean oh. okay okay uh, okay we need so to get Troy Duffy. some
0: sort of alternate timeline where let's say the pandemic hadn't hit we could have been doing a podcast with one of them
1: yeah yeah i mean that's true. i say i say we still need to shoot for a live from the theater podcast after like before or after a showing of the boondock saints okay uh, that would be phenomenal. We need to make that happen. Uh,
2: the the one person, I, there's two people in this movie I know we're not going to get. One is Norman yeah, Reedus, of course, because he's an enormous yep. now. And the other is Ron Jeremy. <laughs> God bless his soul. Oh darn!
0: <laughs> Can we get Appleton, Wisconsin's own Willem Dafoe?
1: Haha! Uh-huh. I doubt it. <laughs> darn. He's, he's no. He's um. Uh, he's uh maybe question he's maybe arguably bigger than Norman Reedus. I I would say he's bigger than Norman Reedus but you know, I stopped watching
2: certainly his uh acting is bigger. Well, than I stopped Reedus watching
1: uh Walking Dead about 6 years ago, so that's why I would say that but uh you know. Uh let's talk about this. Okay, we got to jump in. We got to talk about the the cast. Okay, so I want to run through the cast and uh talk about the numbers and situation. I'm glad I was I was uh, told about uh, potential future guests of the pod in the in the theater and so well, that'll, that'll that'll allow us to morph our conversation in certain ways uh so the cast willem defoe byron mentioned him plays paul smecker uh you know the the master uh, the, the 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 sherlock holmes if you will of this movie sean patrick flannery plays connor mcmanus and norman Reedus murphy mcmanus david Delarocco plays guess who Anybody? The David Delarocco is his character. Played he plays Rocko. uh himself and uh Billy Connolly plays Duce, a weird name for an Irish guy, I would think. And a bunch of other people. Bob Marley, my favorite name of a white guy actor, Bob Marley plays Detective Greenly. <laughs> and uh blah blah blah, looking through the rest, don't really know. They all seem great to me, but I'm not going to name them. And of course, actually Dot Marie Jones is this uh is the lady in the in the uh, meat the meat processing plant? And her name is Rosen Girdle Baumgartner. I love that name as a character. Rosen oh, that's a
0: fantastic name.
1: Yeah, this movie, written and directed by Troy Duffy. Wait, wait, yes. whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. You skipped over Ron
2: Jeremy. No, he's
1: not listed at first build at all. So you know he's no nope, not? not first build at all. So huh. yes, Ron Jeremy is in this movie. But that's more of a spoiler. You know, that's that's a uh, yeah, it's a spoiler. Written and directed by Troy Duffy. Uh, he's formerly done this is his first movie and first uh, screenplay, so that's it was impressive. And uh, they had six million dollars to do this sucker. Originally, it was fifteen million back when uh, Miramax was backing them, and then it got cut in half. Various reasons we can discuss. And uh, this movie made twenty thousand dollars in theaters. That's right, twenty thousand dollars, not million um
0: 20,000
1: That's right. It was only released on five screens for 7 days and that's why um
0: Ooh. Can I, feel I like I'm gonna my car was do the more math than that?
1: Mhm. Mhm. You're going to do the math. Let's hear the math. On air math.
2: I'm doing the math. $20,000 divided by seven screens for five. how
1: long? Uh, no, S- five screens 7 days.
2: Okay. So, uh so 571 dollars a day yep
1: which is pr- probably let's see at about 12 dollars a ticket Well, no this is 1999 so let's say 10 dollars a ticket so it's 50 tickets or so 50 tickets 50 tickets yeah not bad uh so rotten tomato or sorry tomatoes dot com has a 28 critic score but does anyone want to guess what the audience score is
0: I'm gonna guess the audience score is about ninety percent or something ridiculous like. that. Okay,
1: I've got a ninety from Byron. What's 80, Ward say? 80,
0: I'll go eighty-nine.
2: We go on Price right. You no, went you the are. wrong.
1: You went the wrong way on that Price is Right because it is ninety-one, <laughs> ninety-one. The price is the wrong. Price is fine. wrong, bitch. Yeah. Uh, so okay, IMDb plot summary: Two Irish Catholic brothers became or become vigilantes and wipe out Boston's criminal underworld in the name of. Yahweh, God, the the Catholic Christian God here. So uh, that's that's um that's the movie in a few numbers, and uh, boy, I I'm gonna go first and talk about my experience with this movie. This is one of the movies that I own on DVD, not Blu-ray. DVD. Oh dear. And I this is gonna I actually. I actually don't know why I own this movie. I, I have owned this movie on... Oh No, really, I, I have confused. owned this movie on... Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's mute our little computer sounds there, everybody. Whoever's, whoever's doing that. <laughs> all I hear is bling. Uh, I have owned this movie on DVD for, I'm guessing, 15 years, okay? It's been in my collection. It's moved with me to multiple countries... Multiple states in the United States, and uh, I just can't. I don't remember the uh, the origin of it, but I know that for this for this podcast review or discussion, I did not need to watch this movie. I, I mean, I could tell you every scene that happened, everything that happens in every scene's movie.
2: Oh, I thought you were going to say that you pulled it out of the plastic. Just for no, no.
1: Movie. I, <laughs> I. And no it wasn't in plastic I don't even have the case I can't move to a different to Europe and back and bring all the stupid plastic cases with me I just have I just have discs okay and actually I only have disc 2 of the special edition 2 disc set and I don't even know what was on disc 1 because that disc got disappeared maybe, maybe during a, a past divorce someone else took the disc 1 while I got disc 2 I don't know but <laughs> uh, it
0: got split. It got
1: split in the in the, in the settlement. But the thing is, I have had this movie forever. And I honestly can't tell you why I know every single scene in this movie. But like I said, I did not need to watch this movie for this. So what I did, instead of watching this movie, oh, I watched it. But for the first time ever for the Parkway podcast, I watched the movie with a commentary track on. And the major incentive for doing that was because... It was only Billy Connolly talking the entire time. And if you can get, uh, you know, two hours or an hour and a half or whatever it is of Billy Connolly talking, you got to take it. I love the accent. I love his sense of humor. <laughs> I mean, it was so much fun to watch this thing with Billy Connolly talking over it. Wow, it was fantastic. So that's my background. Uh, I think we're getting little hints of what Ward's background is in the movie. We should probably go to Byron because we have... You know, standard Byron questions on has he seen this movie before, Byron, and do you like it? Ha!
0: Boy, do I have a story for you. Yes, I have seen this movie before. Um, I think I mentioned this back in our Big Lebowski podcast. Um, that during college there were three big posters that everyone always would go out and buy and they'd put on their dorm room walls. The first one was the Big Lebowski. The second one was a Bob Marley poster for some reason. It was always a various Bob Marley poster. And the third poster everyone would always buy would be this one. Now, when I started in college, I hadn't seen this movie at all and um, ended up watching it. Uh, late one night, probably at 3am after doing a whole bunch of studying, absolutely fell in love with it. Loved it so much that I think uh, you probably own the movie about a little bit earlier than me because I think I bought mine about 15 years ago or so too. I remember specifically heading uh, to a Best Buy and buying the original DVD that it was, I think it was the last copy that they had at that store because I could see I still have it where it's you can see physically where the palette it got shipped in on. The imprint <laughs> is still on the back, <laughs> and, and wow. exactly the same. Exactly the same as you. I didn't need to watch this film at all, <laughs> and uh, I could. T- I don't. I don't get it. How can I watch this film? The last time I probably watched this film was about five years ago, mm-hmm. and yet I can recall every single scene and every single line. <laughs> Yeah. and I I don't get it. What is this movie? Is I don't know cursed somehow. It's <laughs> it's in my brain and I can't get it out.
2: Wow, Ward. I,
0: I guess I don't have a problem <laughs> with that. I gotta ask
2: you guys uh, before I give you guys my background. I gotta ask a question. Uh-huh. Sure, it's awkward now. So like like <laughs> I, like I love Roadhouse. I've seen it a thousand times, but I know it's not a good movie. How dare you? Do you guys? do you guys love this movie or do you think this is
0: a really good movie or both I would put this in the classification of this is a fun to watch movie it comes with a lot of good lines a lot of really good dialogue but I I, it's, I enjoy watching it that would be the best way that I could classify it
1: I think you know this movie's kind of like a theme park that's where I would go with that <laughs>
2: like a good theme no park. no
1: like in a martin scorsese douchebag kind of way <laughs> commenting on other movies <laughs> it's a theme park no it's fun yeah it's like byron said it's fun to watch this movie and and i don't know why and actually i think i i'm not i'm being 100 percent honest when i say i don't know if in a previous life this this um this was something that i watched more often like I'll tell you. So I have a different podcast that's um, that's a, the Movies by Minute uh, format of podcast, which is on the movie City Slickers. And when I was in graduate school and and college, I watched the movie City Slickers hundreds of times. I mean, so many times, probably not hundreds, but, you know, 60 times. And, and that one I remember very well watching all the time. This one I can remember just as well as I remember City Slickers, and it was from the same period of my life, but I don't remember why... It came to to my attention and why I liked it back then.
2: Well, I had when I was in college, we had a copy of Point Break, and I watched that a thousand times. And I think the reason why is because it was the only movie we owned.
1: I think that that might have been some of it too. Like this might it could be it that. could be that. And and I I honestly can't answer the question if I think this is a a good movie or not because. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I, well, you know, you said you want you said you want to ask a question before you got into your history. So, so.
2: <laughs> yeah. So my history, I you know, I had heard of this movie many times. I knew it was like a cult classic and had heard the name. Um, and I was much later to the party than you guys. I think probably about ten or fifteen years ago, I was watching the IFC channel one night, and it came on, and I was like, "Oh, I've heard of this movie. I should probably watch it." And I, I hated it. I was like, this is the worst movie. Okay, well, you I, need to so bad. You but, you need but, to say why though. Finish. You need
1: to say why though. I want to hear why.
2: I just thought it was weird. It was like the this weird like these these weird cuts to black constantly, like these weird fades to black and odd spots, and like Willem Dafoe just completely overreacting and. Sean Patrick Flannery's just like got blue steel on his face the whole time. Cool. And I just (laughs) thought, I just thought it was terrible. (laughs) And so then when we, when we chose this one, I was like, all right, I'm going to watch this movie and it's, and it's going to be terrible. Um, But I, it wasn't as bad as I remember it. I was like, yeah, it, it still has like some of the stuff and we'll talk about it. Some of the stuff still bothers me, but I was like, I don't, I couldn't remember why I hated it so much because it's, it's not as bad as I thought it was, but it's still not. I don't think, I don't think it's a good movie, but you know, it's, it's a, I could see where it's enjoyable.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. I, maybe you were going through a rough time back then. Maybe you failed some classes because you and your buddies were watching too many movies, or I don't know. It's not as bad as you're making it out to be. That's what I would say. Uh, to...
2: No, it wasn't. Like, I thought it was The Room.
1: <laughs> I oh, thought that's what I was no, doing. No. And it, 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 wasn't it, it wasn't that It wasn't that No, I, I mean, I, it is. It, this, this is movie, so like Titanic. So we started out, for our Valentine's episode, we started talking about Titanic, and, and I said you know i don't know where to start because this is just a massive movie with a massive budget and a huge you know a huge director and uh and the actors are just you know off the charts you know famous and and talented and i feel the same way about this movie not because of the director and the actors but just because of it's it's a very unusual movie i mean i actually googled you know what's the widest spread between critic Critic score and audience score on on Rotten Tomatoes, and this is pretty close i, I couldn 't find the actual movie because you know you, you get all this link link bait crap where they want you to read fifteen paragraphs before they tell you anything and it 's all ads so i didn 't get there but i think twenty eight ninety one is a pretty pretty close to the the widest spread and there's a I don't know there's a reason for that it's 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 just a weird movie i i actually re- i think it 's actually a really good I mean imagine this is like the guy went from a bartender Troy Duffy went from a bartender to directing this movie he wrote it and directed it and he's has to he has to keep you know uh uh Norman Reedus and and Sean Patrick Flanery but also also uh um William Defoe and and big time stars like uh you know I mean
2: let's be clear on something though he did not direct William Defoe oh oh like that guy was just he, Willem Dafoe was like, "All right, here's the deal. I'll do this movie, but I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna chew so much scenery, you guys aren't gonna know what hit you." Yeah. So, like at the end of the movie, when he he's dressed as a woman at the house and he starts saying "too far, too far," that's him talking about his acting <laughs> in this movie. That's him
0: realizing what has he done. Like <laughs> I've gone in this movie too far. <laughs>
1: Well, we can I, actually. I, I think now is not the time yet to talk about this, but uh, later on in this episode, I will tell you exactly how I know you're wrong about that. Charlie Duffy was was directing <laughs> William Dafoe, and it's <laughs> he told him to it, do. Yeah, uh, and it is. It is incredible. So I, I mean, I have to say that that if you look at this movie, like this guy is a first time director, and this is what he made. I actually think. It's fairly good for uh, for what's happening, and I think the the fade to black and all that kind of stuff is is sort of fits the genre of like these two guys are are going on the I don't know it's kind of like a
0: well, hey uh, Matt let me add, let me see if I cut in the here and maybe ask a question um, yeah what what would you classify this movie as uh, you talked about a genre but how would you classify this movie I mean is it a revenge film is it an action film well, how would you say, how would you say that? Because to me, a lot of these times, it the reason why I'm having a hard time kind of defining what I like about this movie is because it's kind of a mosaic of a lot of different genres. I, I mean, think that's it, true. Just the comedy in here is, like I said, I absolutely love this dialogue and the comedy back and forth. That's probably why it got popular with college kids, uh, just because of the ridiculous lines you could shout back and forth at each other.
1: I think so, Byron. And in fact, one of the one of the questions i have here is that's for you two is is this is this actually a superhero movie like are they superheroes because this to me is the punisher just with two guys instead of one
0: ah that was ah that was one of my points i was gonna bring up (laughs) get out of my head matt i was gonna say this is the irish punisher
1: nice well you're
0: but they don't uh, but the thing that's missing
2: from a revenge movie is the motive like what? Who are they avenging?
0: Yeah, that's the thing. There is no there is no real motive. They're just going in their eyes wherever you know the the divine, the Lord takes them. Yeah. So uh,
2: can I ask you guys a question? Because I didn't, I don't even, I didn't understand the motivation. There's this scene where they they wake up in the middle of the night and the ceiling's raining right. on them, and yeah, they both are like tim robbins and shawshank <laughs> what what was happening there was that the moment that it turned and like god spoke to
0: them or that something? was supposedly their defining moment where god spoke to them and gave them their their quest there that was their own vision i okay. guess
2: okay i read that right the second time the first time i watched the movie i was like why are these guys killing everybody Maybe I missed that scene.
1: Yeah, they're they're cleaning up the streets. I mean, that's they.
0: they... And I was also like, why
2: is the one guy Irish and the other guy has like a weird
0: New York Russian accent? (laughs) Yeah, Um, Yeah, it gets kind of weird if you were to come into this movie halfway in. You might it might kind of be off-putting where there's the fade to black scenes and there's they're almost it almost kind of comes off as you almost expect them to start talking to the camera with just how uh, absurd this, how much they kind of break around. Some of your I mean, but
1: why is that? Things. Why is that? Speaking of talking to the camera, why? And speaking of like vengeance and, and gun violence and gun fu and stuff, why is it any different than uh, than Deadpool, which made hundreds of millions of dollars? You know, I mean, they have weird cuts in that movie too. It's
0: but that's that's but kind that of a, that's kind of shtick, is that he's gone so crazy he actually can break the fourth wall, whereas this one is trying to actually present itself as its own reality.
1: Um. I, yeah I I I did I was not offended by the strange editing uh, I wouldn't call it strange but um, it, it wasn't terrible I mean think of those movies like uh, <clears throat> like uh, what's that uh, what's the movie where they it's all filmed animated like um, like 300 but it's that dark genre comic book one um, it's dark. very much are oh, you thinking like Sin, Sin, Sin City. City yeah Sin City exactly oh, yeah, Frank
0: Miller's Sin City yeah it's a pretty yeah. cool one
1: I mean, that's just as, that's worse than this, I would say. So I I don't, I don't see.
2: The fades are more like, it's like, they're like commercial breaks. They reminded me of like an old TV show when it goes to commercial. But I I guess overall, I just feel like he's, the director is kind of trying too hard. Like I can see him trying to be Quentin Tarantino as I'm watching the movie. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he came before Quentin Tarantino. I
1: don't know. (laughs) Yeah,
0: well, I guess I could I could see that uh, comparison where you're trying to, perhaps you're more experim. Let me put it in a different way. Perhaps you're experimenting with how you cut and how you edit and piece a film together. Uh, and uh, at least for you, Ward, it seemed to be a little bit more off-putting. Where I guess I was able to, I guess I was able to suspend my uh, disbelief, <clears throat> or I I didn't mind it. I guess.
1: So Ward,
2: and maybe the other thing, just real quick on the editing. I think for me, like having every action scene told as a flashback, it kind of takes the tension away because you know what ha- you know what the outcome is.
0: That's true. It it they do start off by having a lot of flashbacks um, with the final culmination where we, I think we could talk a little bit about where uh, Willem Dafoe just decides to. Um, throw probably one of the best acting go and one of the best forward. like semi temper tantrums I think I've ever seen, uh, which I actually one of my favorite lines was uh, "There was a firefight," and uh, that was always That's fun. one of your but favorite lines. I mean, the last. Oh, oh
1: man, uh, that you said that's one of your favorite lines. One of my favorite lines, and why I like the flashback scene <laughs> is because William Defoe starts ribbing uh, Bob Marley's character uh, greenly. And he says, Oh, so there was these two f- big fucking guys. <laughs> oh, yeah, these huge, <laughs> like these guys. huge fucking guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I like, I like that. So I like the framing device of telling it telling it like what, oh. what the, what the, what the forensic evidence seems to show. And then seeing, sh- showing us what actually happened. I think that's pretty funny. That was a actually.
0: cool thing. I wanted to finish my point though, was, um, we do get a lot of that. I think there's actually three of them where it, there are at least three big ones that I can remember where you have Paul Smecker at the end of it and looking at it and trying to piece it together. But the final thing where they're creeping around, um, what's his face, Papa Joe Iacobeta's house, we don't see that. And so to me that actually kind of helped build a little bit more tension mm. into the film because mm-hmm. for this one time I didn't actually know what know the what outcome was going to be. Yeah.
2: Right. That's a good point.
0: Um, but, I mean, then it yeah. kind of gets ruined because, I mean, it, we didn't know he was going to escape. But then right at the end of the film, I mean, spoiler alert, uh, every, it turns out everyone starts working for the Boondock Saints.
1: <laughs> yeah. What did, what did you guys think when Billy Connolly's character showed up on the street in that gunfight that they initially had? Well, I mean, did you know Billy Connolly from other things or did you think he fit the role? What was your thoughts on that? Because I remember back when I first saw this, I remember that was a surprise to me. And I loved it for whatever reason. I don't even know why.
0: That's where I think this whole device works. Go ahead, Ward.
2: I was gonna say you were a fan of the later seasons of Head of the Class.
1: Um, I did watch that show, but I don't remember him from it. So probably, not, probably not.
2: Wasn't he the? He teacher? was a teacher. Yes. Or am I thinking of a different? Now, now that you show? say that,
1: he okay. was a teacher, but I, I don't remember that.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I saw him in the credits, so I expected he was going to show up at some point, but. Uh...
1: Uh, I did not expect the Il Duce to be a, you know, five foot seven Irish man. I thought we were talking some other serial killer person.
2: I got to say that uh, this is kind of off topic, but my COVID look is getting pretty out of control and I kind of look like Il Duce right now. (laughs) Oh, good.
1: Get yourself a leather jacket and six pistols inside of it and you're good to go.
2: I'm going shirtless and I'm just trying to be Tom Hanks from Castaway most of the time. Good idea. That's an alternative if i'm gonna go out and. are you fat
1: tom hanks or thin tom hanks at this point
2: <laughs> i'm spearing fish and <laughs> you know putting ice skates in my mouth to do dental
0: work i'm in that mode oh <laughs> well
1: i have a cavity I'll so cha- come on over sometime let's get i this will done.
0: challenge you for uh best uh covid hair right now because i still have my long locks
1: yeah byron is sporting pretty long locks last time i saw him I, I, I want to say, because like, I have a couple topics that are not actually the movie's plot related. So do you guys have anything else you want to talk talk about in terms of the plot? Well,
2: I was just curious. Um, you guys, well, one thing it was the screaming quotient in this movie. There's so much screaming in this movie. Like I had to be the babysitter, like the volume babysitter as I was watching the movie. I kept having to turn it up and down because people were screaming so much in the yeah. movie. But uh, I don't know why I brought that up. Anyway, my question for you guys was, uh, and I have not, but have you seen the sequel? Ooh, that's... Any
1: thoughts?
0: I have thoughts. Uh, I I got about 20 minutes into it.
1: Mm. I watched the whole thing, and um, I watched it just before we recorded because I was curious. And uh, I want to say... Well, first, I'll give you the numbers on that because I looked it up. So that one had a budget of eight million this movie had a budget of six million i don't even know if i said that at the start and uh and actually the second movie which was released in 2009 its box office was 10.6 million so there's a 2.6 million differential there between uh budget and box office so i don't know if that actually made money but it did make more than its production budget and it made It made ten point four million more than, uh, or ten point five four million more than its uh, uh, its its original. So
2: good. Do you like it? So
1: here's the thing. I actually so I had to kind of speed through it, so I didn't get to watch the entire thing. I watched, you know, I watched probably I watched the whole thing, but I, I had to skip around. So I watched one hours worth of the two hours, and I you know I skipped around, and I actually thought again. Here we are 10 years later, this guy, he's only ever d- written and directed uh, the first one. And it's not bad. I mean, I actually thought it was pretty good. One of the great things I liked about it was the continuity of characters. Like they actually, um, and maybe I don't want to spoil any of this for for people who, who would actually listen to this uh, episode of our podcast and, and watch the second one, but you know, they they actually more so than any other movie I've ever seen, movie series. The characters know who they were in the last movie. It's pretty incredible, really. And I, I mean, it has to do with the fact that you know, it's it's a, it's um, you know the same writer, director, and stuff. And there's not a lot of committee, and studio process, I don't think, involved. So I, it was it was pretty good. I mean, that was fairly good. And of course, they have back. You can see in the credits they have back billy Connolly and norman Reedus and sean patrick flannery and so it's it's the whole you know it's the whole crew kind of and uh I, I would recommend it actually i don't know if i'd give it like four out of five stars but i would recommend it i didn't think i would it was
2: i was i was shocked <laughs> so the last movie you recommended to me was that adam sandler ridiculous halloween six oh
1: movie. hubie halloween yeah hubie halloween hubie is halloween. equally good you have to watch it it's good <laughs>
2: it's good <laughs> um there is a. I, I remember from when we were trying to get Troy Duffy to come to the theater, and I, I read a little bit of background, and now I'm not remembering. I should have freshened up on it, but I, I believe he got in like some kind of huge fight with the studio, and that's part of the reason why he's only directed two movies in his life.
1: Well, I mean, so now we're moving off off the original movie and into into uh, into non a uh, non off camera stuff. And yes, so the thing is. The the way, the way the reason I can tell you that he was uh, actually directing Willem Dafoe is because there was a two thousand three documentary made where they took f- you know f- footage from the behind the scenes of this movie and then other stuff and uh, and yeah that you can you can look at at uh, clips on YouTube and it is I mean it's definitely Willem Dafoe straight up asking what do you want me to do in this and what do you want me to do in that and and it's troy duffy saying yeah this is how this you know character is you know gesticulating at the end and at the beginning and and all this sort of over the top shit he just says more well, he's not george luke he's not george lucas but he is he is you know he, he is he's giving him a good expl- actually the guy seems reasonable but um but apparently i haven't seen the 2003 documentary it's called overnight and it mm-hmm. sort of chronicles the byron have you seen it
0: no, uh, I'm just looking it up right now. I didn't realize this was a thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. It chronicles sort of the rise and fall of of this Troy Duffy guy because he he was, I guess, too...
2: He he goes from like beloved cult director to yeah. Ward sounds good. I'll I'll go to the Parkway Theater and talk about the Blue Dogs Saints. <laughs> well,
1: no, he actually goes from bartender uh, writing a, sc- a screenplay in his in his on his lunch breaks and and smoke breaks. In uh, L.A. to uh, getting a movie with 15 million dollar budget and a Miramax deal, uh, and 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 uh, and then he's apparently he has a problem with his ego that uh, and his 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 mouth that uh, makes the executives at Miramax not like him and they blacklist him and then he eventually gets this movie picked up by a smaller studio and he gets half the budget. And then he really so he kind of had a shitty uh, contract where, uh, you know, he had some residuals, but none of them were from. They were all box office. None from TV. None from DVD sales. And so this movie made a lot of money, and after the, after the initial theater theatrical release, but he made none of it, and uh, and so that was a problem for him. And
2: uh, well, who won in the end? Well, so Miramax or Troy? Well, here's
1: the thing. In the end.
2: What would you rather be right now? It, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Very
1: true. That's true. Because when I said Miramax executives, <laughs> I was actually meaning Harvey Weinstein. So Weinstein. But uh, so yeah. The thing is, though, in the end, uh, Troy Duffy actually did win because he, they did get an undisclosed amount of, of uh, residuals from the DVD sales, and he got the rights to the sequel. And so he made the sequel. He got ten point. You know, he got uh, eight million dollars to make it and the box office like I said was 10.6 million and uh you know he hasn't made anything since 2009 but I don't know I really I mean I guess the guy just has a personality problem but I I think I I do not see why this is different than many of the other uh directors smaller directors in uh in Hollywood I I'm, I think he's fairly talented so I I'm I'm curious about that so I would like to watch the movie overnight or the documentary overnight because apparently he comes off like a real asshole in that movie or in that documentary, But uh, and that's what people say about him. But, uh, you know, I don't know. The other thing I did is I did a little research. I checked YouTube, and this guy has... Uh, let me see if I can pull it up here. He has a uh, YouTube channel called The Real... or it's called Real Boondock Saints, and he posted a video a year ago where he and David Della Rocco got together for the first time ever it wasn't a year ago it was two years ago uh oh no it was a year yeah whatever it was december 24th 2019 and uh and so it says they watched they watched um boondock saints for the first time together ever and uh and it's on his youtube channel you can see it's a 20 minute video of it and uh, it's funny because uh, david Delarocco looks very old compared to norman redis uh, who looks not older than he did in 1999 to me when you watch Walking Dead. So uh, I, I would say people check that. I'll put a link in the show notes. Check that out. It's very interesting because uh, he hasn't had anything in a year on his uh, YouTube channel. But Troy Duffy is, I don't know, seems like a reasonable guy here. I, I, I like these two movies. So apparently he just <laughs> doesn't click with Hollywood.
2: Hmm. Well, maybe you'll get to meet him next next St. Patrick's Day when we have him.
1: I'll be the first to volunteer my uh, interview services to talk to Troy Duffy because he seems fine. I don't know.
2: Let me ask you guys a question. Yeah. And I think I already know the answer. If I I had to book one of the two of them, which one would you be more interested as a viewer coming out to see? Talk about the movie.
0: It was Troy Duffy and I'm sorry, who was the other one?
2: Sean Patrick Flannery. Powder himself. Sean Patrick
0: Flannery. Well, I... You know, I don't know. I think I I would probably like to hear Troy Duffy and to kind of hear the story in his <laughs> own words about what exactly happened. But also at the same time, I mean, Sean Patrick Flannery's a pretty cool guy too. I mean, he has done a couple of things. Uh, I mean, other than Boondock Saints, I mean, he's done. Seems like he's doing a lot of TV stuff. Here's what I'm reading.
1: In um, Young Indiana Jones is who I think of him as.
0: Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, I thought oh, you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah.
1: Um, but I would also say Troy Duffy. No offense to Sean Patrick Flannery, but I would like to hear about the creative uh, process, direction behind these two movies. Because, like I said, I I, I think it, I think I'm a fan. I am a fan. Let's do it next year, this day. <laughs> I will be on stage if needed, uh, interviewing this guy because it seems it seems good. I I I I am shocked, guys. I, I have to say, I am shocked by how much I know about the first movie and how much I like the second movie. It's just shocked. It's amazing well, to me. Well, for
0: me, I, I got about 20 minutes into it. I can't remember what I was doing, but I know it was... I would think it was on TV, and I didn't I didn't have enough time to sit down and watch it. But based on your recommendation, I think I'm going to go watch it now.
1: Yeah, I don't think Ward is, but... Uh, no, you know. <laughs> no, maybe. Maybe we can
0: change Ward's mind. Maybe this, maybe the second one will be his favorite one. Maybe I'll watch it.
2: Maybe I will. I mean, will. It's, it's not... Does it have any slow motion in
1: it? I not that I saw, but I had to skip through some bits, so I, I don't I don't I don't know. Well, maybe I'll watch it. I don't know. What so what do you guys know what year um, Walking Dead started? Or maybe one of you can Google that really quick?
0: Uh that had uh, to be fairly yeah. close. I want to say like 2010. It was almost right after All Saints Day.
1: It was either 9 or 10 is my guess. Cuz they're on season ele- 10 season Yeah, they're on season 10 uh, or, 12 or 11.
2: 2010 first episode Halloween 2010.
1: Okay, yeah, because Norman Reedus boy doesn't look any different to me than he did in 1999. He is, he is ageless. He's kind of ageless. Ageless, yeah. this guy, um, and you know I think he's a fine actor. He is. Oh, another thing we should talk about because Norman Reedus, he's got a you know he's got Walking Dead. But he's got this show. That's his him riding his his Harley around and whatever. Uh, I I think that there is a certain rock star mentality to this movie. That fits with Norman Reedus and that's kind of what uh what it's not kind of it's exactly what Billy Connolly was saying on the on the commentary track I was listening to is that this whole thing is rock star you know it's like a couple of guys who are wearing black and they're lanky you know and they're sort of greasy haired and and the music is rock star and 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 just it just it does feel very much like you either like troy duffy's vision for this or you don't and the actors that he got were liking his vision and that includes willem Dafoe, because like i said i saw clips of him being directed and he is not like like brushing up against the direction he is like i'm i you know i'm i'm for this you know like i i like this is this is this is a thing for me i like it and I, i so yeah i think i think you have to kind of take this with the with the with the rock and roll vibe that it's trying to create, even though there's, you know, it's, it's, it's not a rock and roll documentary, but it has a certain aesthetic to it. That's all, I don't know. It's all nineties rock, I guess. I don't know. it, it definitely
0: sense. has a certain feel to it. And I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think they, these are the two actors that I would want to be put in this, uh, film.
1: Yeah. I, I, it seems pretty great to me that, I mean, apparently there was some, uh, initial casting choices with, uh, with Ewan McGregor and uh Brad Pitt oh, yeah. apparently like yeah, some I'm of that stuff. a
0: whole list of them I think here where it was it was going to be uh, well they got Benny Billy Connolly right away. They wanted yeah. Mark Wahlberg who yeah, uh, yeah. instead of Mark Wa- instead of doing this film he went to go do Boogie Nights. Yeah. Uh Which, and then they wanted Patrick know, Swayze, well. Brendan Fraser, Ewan McGregor yeah. uh yeah. who else are they going to do? Sylvester Stallone there's a whole uh, list of people that they wanted for this right. film that uh, didn't work.
2: You know, it's funny. Maybe that's how Ron Jeremy wound up in this movie because he was going to be in Boogie Nights and then <laughs> he got kicked <laughs> off by Wahlberg, so he had to pick up another gig. <laughs> well,
1: there there was a funny quote from uh, Troy Duffy that I read that said, you know, the reason I casted uh, 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 Ron Jeremy was because, you know, I thought, imagine a conversation with a couple that had gone to the movie, gone to the theater to see this movie. And they were leaving, and you know, you know darn well that both of them recognized him. But were they really going to have that conversation? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I know the guy is an hes un, an unheralded genius. That's what I say. So when you get him at the Parkway, I am the uh, the go-to interviewer. I'll have everything ready to talk to this guy. But uh, that's neither here nor there. This year, we are still. Waiting for uh, COVID to wrap up, you guys. It's, uh, it's going to happen soon. And I know that uh, there's actually some interesting things going on at the Parkway. So, Ward, why don't you give us a little about what's, uh, what's the current developments?
2: Upcoming, upcoming at the Parkway, we are still doing uh, weekly sh- hybrid uh, live streaming and in-person shows with Billy McLaughlin. <laughs> It's limited seating. There's 93 tickets to each show, and they're being uh, simulcast over on Facebook and YouTube. This particular Sunday for St. Patrick's Day, we're having a Celtic Sunday featuring Laura McKenzie. So you can buy your tickets on theparkwaytheater.com or live stream it.
0: Byron, what do you got going on? Uh, on the Fun V Podcast, we are still going through uh, our James Bond series, and we just are on the third film by Pierce Brosnan, which is The World Is Not Enough.
1: Uh, Yeah, I can't wait for that. Uh, we're really chugging our way through the Bond movies, and of course, we still have more time to get to that last, no time to die,
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm Mm going to have to start coming up with some filler idea episodes to revolve around James Bond so that it's still relevant when No Time to Die comes out. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I, uh, that's so true. I mean, we need to figure this thing out. But eventually, movies are coming back. That's for sure. And it's looking better and better every day now that we have vaccines rolling out across the country, at least yeah. here in the U.S. I know we have listeners in New Zealand and, and uh, you know, uh, and Ghana and uh, Spain and, uh, you know, China. So it's a lot of, you know, we, the U.S. is a little ahead of the game, I'm guessing. Minnesota's doing great. Uh, I want to put a plug in for the Parkway. I think people, uh, right now I'm sporting my black and red stitching Parkway Theater hat. I've I received a lot of compliments on this hat as I've walked around the 48th and Chicago uh, business district, so I think people should check those out. I, I'm going to get next the Heather Gray and red one because I'm, I'm a cap guy these days, so check that out on the parkwaytheater.com uh, but otherwise, uh, oh and one more plug, one more plug from me uh, my other podcast uh, thread, which is the City Slickers Minute podcast, is going to start reviewing um, Western movies. So we talked about one minute at a time of the movie City Slickers, which is a funny comedy Western from 1991. And now we're going to start talking about uh, other classic Westerns that the other co-host and I will be picking, uh, taking turns picking, and making the other one watch. And we will be having guests on like Byron, like Ward, like like, uh, my sister-in-law Carrie, like all the people that have been on uh, various podcasts, and uh, and we want to talk about what's a western? What makes it great? And the, and the reason is Byron because we're cowboys, right? We're cowboys. Yes, that's
0: right. We're actually cowboys. Yeah, so that's I'm right. A sham.
1: That's right. So uh, yeah, you know we're doing it. But uh, so anyway, as always, if you'd like to reach out to this podcast, you can email us parkwaytheaterpodcast at gmail dot com. Give us a call six one two two one seven two five two zero and leave a voicemail. If you enjoyed this episode, coming up next, we'll be discussing Life of Brian, the Monty Python classic. A little bit of a Easter theme going on there. That'll be in April. And now for Warden Byron, I'm Matt signing off this episode of the Parkway Podcast.